Power Project crew. Thank you for checking out today's episode. This episode was recorded on May 4th. So shout out to all our Star Wars fans. May the 4th be with you. Uh, today we have Dr. Jack Wolfson. Uh, he is a, um, a cardiologist, but more of a uh, holistic type of doctor. And I know, and, and we talked about that on the podcast too, like why is there still a stigma when it comes to that, that term holistic? You know, we kind of think of uh, a voodoo doctor or whatever. And he, ex- he explains a little bit about that, how the, uh, the origins of anything outside of the pharmaceutical world is considered voodoo by like the Rockefeller Foundation and all kinds of weird stuff. So we got, we got into some, uh, I, I don't even want to say conspiracy type things, but we did kind of dig deep into that because he calls this uh epidemic or uh pandemic a plandemic um so that's that's his stance on it however what you guys will will understand is he he also you know he he understands if you do have underlying issues you should stay home everyone else let them out let them have uh you know their freedoms back let them have their their jobs back let let let's not cripple the economy because this hurts a certain uh segment of our population let's get back to work let's make things better again and most importantly he gave us the absolute best uh, description of the uh, danger behind 5G, uh, better than any other previous guests that we've had on. So, uh, you know, again, that's something that the whole 5G thing sounds so far out there, but the way he puts it makes a lot of sense. And on top of that, we did talk about the uh, potential of a uh, coronavirus vaccine coming our way. And, you know, he, he instilled a lot of uh, fear in us by talking about how they could easily microchip us. So that is, uh, I mean, that's that's terrifying. Uh, before I forget, uh, for the first 10 minutes, you guys are just going to see the, uh, the the Power Project logo because I could have swore I hit record on, on Zoom. I didn't, but, uh, you know, have no fear. At about 10 minutes in, uh, I ended up realizing that I didn't hit record. So I hit record and then we're good to go. So anyways, uh, thank you, Dr. Jack Wolfson. We sincerely Sincerely appreciate the insight and the knowledge that you were spitting on this episode. Uh, if you guys want to follow up with him or uh, any of the the, um, the websites or links that he was talking about on uh, today's episode, uh, including his social media and everywhere you can find him, all of that will be in the uh, YouTube description, uh, Facebook description, and wherever you're listening to this on your podcast app, check those show notes and everything will be in there. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode with Dr. Jack Wolfson. I did 85 push-ups just before we got on here, right in a row. Damn. Yeah. I've been getting better at them. I can't think. That's actually very impressive. For for an individual your size, it's very impressive. I know. I was like, man, it would be nice if I was lighter. <laughs> be like 130 push-ups, probably. Well, well it was funny. Uh, Bert Kreischer was on someone's podcast, and he was talking about how someone bet him that he couldn't do like a certain amount of push-ups at a bar. And he's like, I can do 125 in a row. And he's like, no, you can't. He's like, yes, I can. And he got on top of the bar and... I don't, who knows how clean the reps were? He claims they were right. clean, but he did 125 in a row, just like hammered. And he that's just did awesome. It. Yeah, uh, Bert Kreischer. Yes, like, Squirt Bert. Yeah. Our boy, uh, our boy Damon was really good at push-ups. I think he was able to do like 140 or 150 push-ups or something like that. 
he could fly on those things. That was military training. Yeah. That was the worst. I was doing pushups with Mark and him and it was like, you know, you go, I go type of thing. And sure enough by like, you know, whatever, like 10, I'm like, Oh boy. And like, I take a breath and he's like, go. And I'm like, okay, sorry. Damon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Damon's pretty serious. Uh, yep, He's yep. a hardcore guy. <laughs> All righty. Huh, one hell of a weekend, huh? It, yeah, it ha- it sure has been. I, uh, You know, if you were to uh, sneak into my house last night while I was watching TV with my wife and kids, you would see that I was eating cookies. Uh-oh. I, gotta, I know, I got to admit to you guys, I, gotta, I broke down and I was eating some cookies. Wait up. Uh, well, are, were these normal cookies? I just actually want to—I want to be. Are these Chips Ahoy or are these something else? They—they they tasted really good, but they were perfect keto. Okay, ah, that, double, okay. that double chocolate. You get a free pass, good, man. I, I like those things. Yeah, absolutely. What I absolutely love about those is now perfect keto. They uh, before we were doing like a minimum order of ninety nine dollars or more to get twenty five percent off. They're like, no, we want more people to check out these cookies, so they dropped it down to twenty nine dollars. So you guys can order a pack of these cookies for twenty five percent off right now. And they sent us the batter. I know. Could you <laughs> the imagine? Cookie dough? Dude, that would be amazing. But yeah, so like these amazing cookies, like uh, like Mark says, no artificial sweeteners. Uh, they're not going to jack up your diet. They're not going to jack up your stomach. I'm proof of that. You guys can head over to perfectketo.com slash power25 at checkout. Enter promo code powerproject for 25% off uh, any order of $29 or more. Perfect Keto, I have to tell you something. Um, fat. I mean, peanut butter just melts directly well with, you know, the keto, the ketogenic diet. So please, um, <laughs> let's make a, you know, chocolate chip peanut butter or maybe a dark chocolate peanut butter. It would be fire. So you I heard know. it here first, invented by the Natty Professor. Yeah, let's uh, I'm, uh, put that in motion. I'm very jealous of the uh, guest we have on today. Like, he has an awesome name. <laughs> Jack Wolfson, like that's that's a cool name. Doctor Jack Wolfson, right? Like that's dope. I expect him to be really hairy. Like to be honest, <laughs> he better have like the dopest beard ever. If he doesn't, I'm gonna be slightly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he has a beard, but yeah, that is Wolfson. a sick name. I'm uh, interested, you know, to hear some of the stuff he has to say. Um, he's an anti-vaccine guy. And uh, I got in a good conversation with uh, Dr. Paul Saladino the other day. We're going to have him on our podcast shortly. I was on his the other day. And um, as we were talking, he was like, you know, what what he was worried about. He said, I'm concerned that people are going to get stuck, you know, like uh, this guy's an anti-vaxxer. And then, you know, Mark believes in this. Andrew believes in that. And then you're just you're forever stuck in that. Uh, whatever that dialogue is and and you can't um, it means you're not a good person it means you're like you know it, it just it means a whole slew of other things like same thing with, with uh, who you voted for you know what uh, are you Republican Republican or Democrat and if you're on one side then you can't think anything else you have to think everything for that side and uh, so it'd be interesting to talk to him about you know the, the anti-vaccination it seems like He's very much into just human health and allowing the body to heal itself and recuperate and recover mm. in uh, the ways that it's meant to. Um, however, I think you could make an argument that maybe we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for vaccinations and, and things like that. I, I'm 
I would say I'm down the middle on stuff like this because while I don't think it's good um, to uh, utilize, a lot of, utilize a lot of outside medicine, um, I also am, in a, am, am a big believer that, like, why would we ever be able to make it in the first place? You know, I think and Seam and I went back and forth on some text and, uh, you know, there's some amazing things that humans can make, but we could also make nuclear weapons, right? Mm-hmm. But a nuclear, you could, okay, we could use nuclear power for that, or we can use nuclear power to power a lot of homes, you know, and provide a lot of energy. And maybe that's not the cleanest source of energy, but it, it was a form of energy that we've uh, been utilizing, people have been utilizing it around the world. So it's it's an interesting thing. Like we, we have this ability to make all kinds of stuff, even cars, right? Like cars, people, a lot of people die in car accidents, cars, the um, emissions from the car are not, not good for the universe and are not good for our planet and, and so on. But who wants to be without, who wants to be without a car? Uh, It's definitely advanced uh, a lot of just the human movement in general. And I would say I I would put vaccines in that category too, because I don't know, you know, 50% of the population used to get wiped out occasionally by, you know, different things. And so who knows, maybe we'd still would be here because it's not a hundred percent of the population, but uh, it'd be interesting to hear his take on it. Yeah. There's no biological free lunch, right? Like one action causes a reaction. Uh, one thing that really opened my eyes when you said it a while ago was like roads, like we, we need them cause we don't want to, you know, mess up our cars, you know, our precious cars, bumpy ass roads. Yeah. And then, that's got to be doing something right like we're putting a shell over <laughs> our uh you know our land and it's like yeah what does happen when that goes away you know i mean somebody knows but we sure as hell don't and i just know whatever happens uh the planet's not gonna be able to keep up with how much we're doing but do we not want to have ro- like do i want to uh, do <laughs> The next time we go to Bodega Bay, do I want it to take like se- you know seven hours instead of like the two hour trip? You're like, no. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. One thing I was thinking about when you were mentioning the holistic side of Dr. Wolfson was like back in college, um, it was common practice. Like after double days, you know, when our team would have practice in the morning and practice in the evening, all of us would just be popping ibuprofens, like 500 to 700 to a thousand milligrams. All of us would just be popping those like every day, just like it was like candy. And it was just totally normal for us. But then later on, when I found out how actually bad and dangerous that was, and our coaches didn't really like, they didn't really care. They just wanted us to be able to recover and get back to practice. So we'd be able to get in shape. Like, a lot of athletes just do this and that's like that's not okay you know like that is it's a medication meant for certain things but you know we just use it for performance so i remember my cousin in i think it was junior high it might have been high school talking about yeah he would pop like a bunch of ibuprofens before a football game he's like it's great he's like i just knock people's heads off and i don't feel a thing i was like oh that's awesome yeah i didn't know any better either <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know if that's great, especially uh, mixed with like uh, the Mountain Dew and whatever else Ooh. kids are like eating and drinking and everything else. Yeah, pre workout. It's hard. It's hard to make sense of it all. I mean, is ibuprofen like? Is it a good invention? Is it a bad invention? I mean, it seems like um, a lot of things have their place. You know, like uh, they could be utilized here and there. I mean, you have a really bad headache and you take some ibuprofen and it 
goes away, right? Mm-hmm. I think Cat Williams was like, but if you take the whole bottle, that'll be your last headache. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, they, yeah, there you go. That's true, right? Like you could make yourself uh, you know, super sick with it. Yeah. What about when you guys hear the term holistic doctor? Like what goes through your mind? I automatically think weird stuff, you know, because, uh, you know, we're, we're, I would say in the United States, we're not as used to that, you know, where it's not as, uh, it's not as practiced. It's not as, uh, talked about, but, uh, after, you know, getting to know some friends that are holistic doctors, it makes a lot more sense to me now, but I've heard people go to like holistic chiropractors before and they'll have them hold like certain, um, uh, vitamins or minerals like in their hand and they'll say oh that doesn't work for you because it's emitting bad energy you know and it's like i i can believe in all kinds of different things but you would have to give me a good explanation on like what that means you know and i'm not saying every doctor does that these are things i've heard from friends before that have gone to some holistic people so i I don't know what that is, but then I also don't know what it was that JL did to Ensema's hip, <laughs> you know, like there's definitely, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, I don't know everything, right. <laughs> no one knows everything. And there's so many things that I am naive to that I, I don't know. And, um, I do, I do, but I am, am a believer in like positive energy and stuff, but it just seems so weird, right? A holistic doctor, like, like, uh, you have cancer, you're going to go to a holistic doctor. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. No, like when I was a kid, my grandma and my mom, like, you know, when, when you get sick, they have like these remedies with cayenne pepper and garlic and all these things. And like, it's like my cold would go away without rather than using medications. Like there's, there's a lot of these things that cultures have to help deal with certain things that I guess here in the U S are not nearly as popular. If you get a cold, you go and you take something for that. Or, uh, if you get sick with something, you take something for that. So I'm assuming that he just like, it's less medication and more stuff like potentially like that, you know? Yeah, it would be cool if like that uh, that stigma did kind of disappear. But you know, it is what it is. And there is our doctor. He is connecting. I believe he has connected. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Good to have you on the show today, Doctor. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, you know, kind of the first thing I would like to uh, ask you is, um, I know you're not a fan of uh, vaccination, so I'd love to kind of get your thoughts about, you know, do you think um, do you think we would be here if it wasn't for vaccinations? Do you think the mankind would uh, still have been surviving as long as we have if vaccinations uh, just didn't exist at all? Okay. You're asking me that now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're rolling, yep. We're rolling, awesome, uh, thank you. Um, so, uh, obviously, you know, mankind evolved for millions and millions of years. Uh, let's just say that our human existence as we are right now, according to the paleontologists, the archaeologists, we're talking about millions of years in our form. How did we get here? There were never vaccines. We injected ourselves uh, or were injected by doctors uh, with any of these poisons. The idea of vaccines came around in the late 1700s uh, at a time of smallpox. And Edward uh, Jenner was the first to propose that if you the the 
blood or the pus actually of an infected animal and you put it into a human and they actually experimented on children back in the late 1700s that you would be able to prevent the children from getting smallpox. All he did actually was cause children to get smallpox at the time, but it started off a whole eventual industry of, of vaccinations. And again, there are, you know, through millions of years, you know, animals don't get vaccinated. Humans shouldn't get vaccinated. Vaccines are poisons. They're artificial and they always cause damage. What about just utilizing somebody else's antibodies? Is that the same thing? Uh, you, you, uh, no, somebody else's bodies would be something that's different because the idea of, of a vaccine would be therefore for you to develop an immune response to particular antigen or again whether it's chicken pox or measles or mumps uh rubella but you name it so the idea if you give a human the antibody uh, then you're basically giving them the active protection um, and that's the idea of tetanus so when you go to you know if you cut yourself um, you know, uh, you know what the, and you get a paper cut. And if you were to go to an emergency room, the medical doctors there would ask you when your last tetanus shot was. Well, even if you were to get tetanus from a paper cut, which you wouldn't, but if you were, the vaccine they would give you in the emergency room would not protect you against that current exposure. If they thought you were infected with the tetanus bacteria, then they would give you the antibodies called the tetanus toxoid, and that can be effective. And I think so, that's what they're currently trying to develop right now as far as, I mean, they're trying to develop a lot of things because this is a this is a $100 billion plus industry of what's going on right now. But there's two different approaches. Number one is that you come up with a vaccine, three different approaches. Number one, you come up with a vaccine. Number two, you come up with some kind of pharmaceutical to fight the virus. Number three, you take antibodies from a recovered coronavirus person and then you distill out those antibodies and inject them into another human okay so to just to finish off this vaccine idea i'm curious about this because we did have another individual that was talking about you know one of the main problems with vaccines is that children and babies are getting them way too young where their immune system like just isn't able to handle what they're being given. Um, but a little bit older, it generally is okay. Now, do you think that all vaccines in general are unnecessary and shouldn't be used by children? Or what's, what's your approach to vaccines with, with kids? Well, let me, you know, if I can, you know, reverse a little bit. I'm a cardiologist and I'm okay. a conventionally trained cardiologist. And in all those years of practicing cardiology, of course, through four years of medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology, uh, I was doing angiograms, pacemakers, a very successful hospital-based cardiologist. Along the way, I would meet the woman who would become my wife. And she is a doctor of chiropractic, as she says, a doctor of cause. And she starts pointing out all of the... Um, uh, all the inadequacies of, of modern medicine, that the whole mo medical paradigm is wrong, or it's all about pharmaceuticals, it's all about surgeries, it's all about vaccines. And what she had to say made perfect sense. And I've said this because, number one, she's smoking hot. So I listened to what she had to say. Number two, I saw sickness all around me in the hospitals, and I saw sickness in my own family. So once 
the Mayo Clinic tells my family that there's nothing to do for my father's Parkinson's like illness and he would die at the age of 63. And then I meet this young chiropractor and she says, I'll tell you exactly why your father was sick, boom, 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 boom. So as they start to change, well, then we start to call into question vaccines and the whole vaccine industry. And then if you look at these benign childhood infections that all four of us likely had, chickenpox, why would we possibly vaccinate for chickenpox? Why would we possibly vaccinate for measles and mumps when the scientific literature tells us that men who have a history of measles have a 29% lower risk of having a heart attack. That's pretty important information for a cardiologist to know. And then fundamentally, guys, if you say on day one of life, we are going to vaccinate for hepatitis B. We're going to inject newborn babies for a virus that one would get if you sleep with prostitutes and use IV drugs, but we're going to use it on the first day of life. And Obon contains aluminum, which is a known neurotoxin, is contains antibiotics, contains other preservatives, contains human and other animal tissues, who could possibly comprehend injecting that into a newborn baby? But again, uh, when is the safe time to do it? There is no safe time. You're injecting something into a human. These are all untested, by the way. They're all unproven. They're all unsafe. You inject something into the human body to generate an immune response. And then when you generate the immune response, it will attack using the immune system. It'll attack all of your good tissues and all of your good cells, including the cardiac muscle as well. So I don't think there's ever an appropriate time for a vaccine. Again, totally unproven, totally unsafe. And the current system as it is right now is 72 vaccines, 72 doses of 17 vaccines has never been studied, never been studied against placebo. It is all an experiment on us and on our children. Can you really like explain what you mean by untested real quick? Because a lot of people think that these things are tested, that they're totally, you know, that they know exactly what's going in. So what do you mean by that? Okay, so what I mean by that is that Again, when, when we looked at smallpox, that, there was no testing that was done for smallpox. You took, you took the pus of an infected animal and you, and you gave it to children back then. There was, there was no study that, that was done. If you look at things like uh, the uh, diphtheria pertussis tetanus, again, no data, again, randomized trials. The standard of care and, and the scientific method is about generating a hypothesis and then testing that hypothesis against placebo. So again, if you look at all the vaccines, there are, there are very little placebo, if any, placebo-controlled trials. Out of the most you know, common one right now, HPV, which is a runaway multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical for Merck, uh, there were seven studies done. One was placebo controlled and it was a short term trial. 
So what I'm saying is, is that yes, the television and the media personalities and the CDC say, oh, we've got all, all the science. They, they don't have the science. And in fact, there are books, for example, Neil Miller's book, over 400 different studies. Alan Palmer, who's another doctor, um, collated 1,200 studies. And these show the, the, the vaccine damage. So we hear, again, all this news speak to try and sell us the vaccines in the medical industry. Um, but again, there is no adequate science really behind it at all. If somebody wanted more information, shameless plug, you can go to my website, thedoctorswolfson.com backslash vaccines. And I have all that information there for you. Um, the doctorswolfson.com backslash vaccines doctors is abbreviated and I got that information for you but you know I mean it's, it's just again it's just all media government pharmaceutical propaganda to tell us that they're safe when in fact myself and hundreds if not thousands of other doctors are all saying the same thing they're not safe and they're totally unnecessary the way to stay healthy through any virus or any bacteria or any fungus is through boosting our own immune system. That's, that's what it's all about. Dr. Wolfson, do you, um, when you first started to learn about this kind of stuff um, through your wife, I know you went through your own medical practice and, and you had these uh, ideas uh, that are probably very common here in the United States. But when you, your wife started to point out stuff uh, that maybe wasn't common and started maybe po pointing out more natural approaches, more holistic approaches, were you kind of like, this is BS. Like there's no, there's no way, even though, even though she's hot and you're listening to her, uh, you're probably thinking to yourself, like, this is just not anything I've learned. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I, you know, we went through so many years of medical training, right? And like I said, I went through four years of medical school, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology. So 10 years after undergrad and here comes this, chiropractor here person who's not of my equivalence as far as education and she tells me this um it was it was very difficult to swallow at the least of course any medical doctor would take a stand back and say you don't have the qualifications i do you don't have the experience i do and it's just a matter of once my, myself and other doctors understand that wow the, the, the body doesn't need the pharmaceuticals. The body doesn't need the this, this surgeries. You give the body what it needs, and that is going to be the answer. Sure, there's a time and a place for emergency care. I'm not saying that. But when it comes to prevention, the medical side has nothing. Once you start to understand that and you let your guard down and say, I can admit that I was wrong. I can admit that my medical training was inadequate. I can admit that my medical training has been controlled by the Rockefellers since 1913. I could admit that. Um, it's one thing to admit it, guys, but it's also a matter of most doctors aren't going to want to admit this because that's their, that's their livelihood. So if I'm a cardiologist and I say, I don't want to prescribe statin drugs anymore. I don't want to do nuclear stress tests anymore. I don't want to do CT scans anymore. I don't want to do useless and dangerous procedures. Well, how are you going to pay your bills? How do you pay your malpractice? How do you pay for your licensure? How do you pay for 
the house you live in or the car you drive or the clothes you wear? How do you pay back your school loans? So most medical doctors are not going to buy into this philosophy because they get paid to stay in their lane. It's like the book, you know, the, uh, from, uh, it's called The Jungle by Upton Sinclair from the early 1900s. It's hard to get a man to understand something when his job depends on him not understanding it. And that's what's happening right now with the medical doctors. Again, it's just they, they refuse to hear anything outside of what they have been brainwashed into believing. Did um, at any point did vaccines have our best interest like or have they always been a uh, like a financial uh, they had a financial agenda behind them? Well, you know, I, you know, if you look back at the history of, um, of you know, Edward Jenner and uh, uh, Edwin Jenner, uh, it's hard to say what his motives were back in the late uh, 1700s. And as far as I can tell, he had no medical training, you know, whatsoever. He just observed people on a farm. Um, if you look at the race for the polio vaccine between Sabin and Salk, that was all about fame, all about notoriety, all about money, uh, the propaganda between the, you know, behind the March of Dimes. I mean, again, so many different things when you look at uh, uh the, the, the literature and the news of the day about the vaccines, it's, it's all financial driven. They can use all the rhetoric that they want. We're trying to save the children around the world. I mean, listen, if, if, um, if uh, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates wanted to save African children, the answer is not vaccines. The answer is they need water, they need food, they need shelter, they need safety. They don't need to be injected with mercury and aluminum and other poisonous toxins. That's not gonna be the answer. Um, but, uh, I mean, listen, you, you guys know this, of course, it's always about following the money. It's always about following the money. Uh, and I think that's really where it's been, uh, from really from the beginning. You mentioned that the medical like society or association has been controlled by the Rockefellers. I've heard something like that before, or that name. I don't know exactly what you mean by that. So for people that probably tuned in on that part and they're like, wait, what does he, was he talking about? What do you mean there? So that was a, that's a great question. Thank you. It was very interesting back in the early 1900s. So John D. Rockefeller was an oil tycoon. He was the oil tycoon. He was a billionaire before billionaires even existed. So he was uh, the oil tycoon, standard oil. And back in the early 1900s, he wanted to diversify from uh, from oil. He had such a big position on oil, but even back then there were threats of alternative energy. There were threats of natural gas. There were different methodologies, again, whether it's coal or even back then, some people had the foresight to understand what wind, what geothermal, even what solar could eventually do. So, and this is like the work of Nikola Tesla and whatnot. So, Rockefeller says, what else can we do with all this oil? Well, he understood back at that time that oil could, and petroleum products could be turned into pharmaceuticals and how you can create compounds that would affect the body. So what does he do? He sets up something. Uh, he sets up the Flexner brothers in the early 1900s. They come up with what's called the Flexner Report. And the Flexner Report says that 
everything outside, all medicine outside of pharmaceuticals and surgery is voodoo and it's unsafe and it's unproven. And we're going to shut down all of those medical training facilities. And we're only going to leave the facilities and the training institutions that are part and parcel with the future of the pharmaceutical industry. And he was very, very successful. Naturopathic, homeopathic, osteopathic, chiropractic, they were shut down. And what was what remained were the medical institutions. And so that is the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Foundation. And oh, by the way, when it comes to what's happening right now with mandating vaccines, scenes and chip of all of us and the microchip will contain our vaccine inf- and other information but will contain that that is a website called id2020.org if you've not heard of that it's right this is not conspiracy it's right there on the world wide web id2020.org and it will tell you the plan is to microchip everybody with vaccine information and more and on the website it says it's sponsored by microsoft i.e bill and melinda gates and the rockefeller foundation it's right there it's right there yeah, that is concerning for sure. Um, as a uh, as a cardiologist, I mean, I, I know some of your background in terms of uh, you promoting the paleo diet and things of that nature. Um, as a cardiologist, um, have you still prescribed statins? Do you still utilize pharmaceuticals here and there? Are they are they uh, necessary sometimes in your practice, or have you found them to be obsolete? Uh, no, I mean, you know. Uh, let me ask you, so as far as statin drugs, no, I don't prescribe statins. For blood pressure, I do use blood pressure pharmaceuticals, always with the idea of getting somebody off of their blood pressure drugs. So I do a lot of education, a lot of teaching, a lot of online courses and stuff like that. A lot of people that come out to Arizona to see me as well. Again, always with the goal of getting people off of pharmaceuticals. I write extensively about the dangers of pharmaceuticals, the dangers of aspirin, statin drugs, because they're all cover-up, they're all Band-Aid approaches. But, you know, when I wrote my book called The Paleo Cardiologist, not only is it about paleo nutrition and using the wisdom of our ancestors to eat and live the right, uh, to eat the right way, but it's also about the paleolithic lifestyle about the importance of getting outside and sunshine and sleep and physical activity outside and about mental health and wellness. So I talk about all these things inside of my book, but you know, I, I love getting people on pharmaceuticals because again, they, they, you know, statin drugs can lower numbers down, but do they have a meaningful effect on reducing heart attack, stroke and die? You know, it's it's by a little bit. Can we do better? You know what? You know, I don't want to reduce. You know, all four of us on here right now. I don't want to reduce our heart attack from risk from five percent to four percent. I want us all to be zero percent. And we know they don't offer that because they've published their literature. I think the human body can do better. Can you uh, elaborate on why you feel the paleo diet? Um is kind of the only diet and all other diets are, are kind of a fad. I, I really like when I like your perspective on that. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, listen, um, you know, for millions of years, 
because we've been eating a certain way. So, you know, we're, we are hunter gatherers. Um, we hunt meat and seafood. We gather everything else, nuts, seeds, eggs, avocados, coconuts, fruits and vegetables, the fruits in season. As a hunter, we bred, we never ate oatmeal. We never, you know, as big as, as big as you guys are, you know, you wouldn't be any competition if you go to try and milk a wild animal. Like, I'm, you know what? I feel like I want uh, giraffe milk or elephant milk. I'm going to go milk that thing. That, that animal has a baby nearby. And if you try and come by to get some of its milk, it will kill you. So, um, I, I, and you know, truth be told, with dairy, you know, free range grass fed, you know, dairy products, I'm okay with that. But I'm very anti grain, uh, uh, anti sugar. There's probably a time and a place for everything. The two things that I always am, I'm always organic and I'm all gluten free. And so when you go organic, you get all the chemicals, all the artificials, all the GMOs, all the pesticides. You get that out of your food, and I think that's the perfect place to start for anybody. But um, uh, you know, and to me, and even, and, and if you're a vegan and you're listening to this, I would just implore anybody who's vegan to please eat seafood because seafood is the healthiest food on the planet. There's nothing else that comes, I mean, even close, especially if you talk about things like whole anchovies and whole sardines, nothing, nothing. There's no, there's no kale. There's no broccoli. There's no shard. There's nothing compared to uh you know eating shellfish it's it's, it's just not it's not close in your opinion what do you think because if someone doesn't necessarily want to go full paleo right which obviously that'd be something that you'd suggest that they do um what would be the main things that you would suggest that they avoid like you said obviously no sugar gluten and could you also give some of the reasons why they should just kind of avoid some of these foods like what are the biggest things in your pyramid i'm assuming i'm asking yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, once again, I think, I think it's up to, you know, different people, you know, a carnivore diet has become a little, uh, certainly a little, but very popular among certain circles. Um, I think that carnivore is good for a, for a challenge. And we've done seven day carnivore challenges, you know, where people eat meat, seafood uh, and eggs, uh, you know, for a week. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with going keto. Keto can be part of paleo as well. Um, you know, I think where, where sometimes keto falls is that and fails is that it's a lot of kind of added oils, added fats, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, soy and stuff like that and soybean oils. And I think that was a fault of the late Robert Atkins as well. Um, but uh, again, I mean, you know, we're just fundamentally hunter gatherers and, mm-hmm. you know, we can debate it. And I wrote a, I wrote a, book, a, a chapter in an integrative cardiology textbook. That was released last year, and my chapter that I wrote was on paleo nutrition and cardiovascular health. I had 180 references, 180 references to what makes you know perfect common sense. But um, you know what happens with gluten, for example, is that gluten leads to leaky gut, and we do leaky gut testing on everybody. It's a blood-based panel, and uh, we determine they have leaky gut. And when you have leaky gut, things get into the body that don't belong. The immune system comes in to attack, and then it starts to attack other things. It could be the thyroid, it could be your pancreas, and it could be your heart. So um, we we do that testing as well. I think gluten is a major offender. But like I said, for anyone listening, you know, the more you get the chemicals out of your life, the better off you are. Uh, and and when you go organic, I think that's that's very very important. But 
you know, we all, we all like to debate the food story, but is food any more important than sleep? Not even close. Not even close. And that's according you know, because you know the literature, again, we argue about food because the literature can be confusing. But the literature is very, very, very clear on the importance of adequate sleep. Such as if you don't get quality sleep at you know more than six hours, your heart attack risk, your stroke risk, your cancer risk, everything goes up exponentially. So is food any more important than sleep? No. Is food any more important than sunshine? Again, humans have been in the sun. The sun has been around since before the earth was. So that sun is so critical. And every study shows people with the highest levels of vitamin D that comes from the sun have the lowest risk of everything. So it's about embracing that paleolithic lifestyle that's absolutely critical and then you know and then now we're living in a total age of fear and anxiety and and being scared and all these things going on mental sickness or these things like fear stress anxiety again markedly increase your heart attack and stroke risk Social isolation, which is what's going on right now, again, is one of the biggest risk factors for cardiac death. And then finally, unemployment. People who are unemployed have a 500% higher risk of suicide. Makes sense. People who are unemployed have a 280% higher risk of dying from cardiovascular causes. So... My job, again, is to, you know, because if you walk into a medical doctor, a cardiologist, they're like, no one knows why we have anything. Here's your Lipitor. Get a stress test on your way out. That's what I did for so many years. So there's just such a better way. And I love teaching and, you know, professing this better way. And I appreciate you guys having me on so we can talk about it and just keep, you know, sharing the, the, the truth. What about like uh, supplements like supplementing with vitamin D. I, I mean, it would be fairly obvious that getting out in the sun would probably be more effective, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, supplementing some uh, vitamins to help maybe potentially bo- boost the immune system? Well, I, I love the idea of taking supplements, which again, supplement supplements the healthy lifestyle. So even if we're all eating perfectly, uh, the, the air is polluted, the water is polluted, the soil is polluted. Broccoli that's been produced in Northern California for 50 years on the same soil is not the same as broccoli that grew native in Asia. And ultimately, we've all got a lot of catching up to do. For the first 35 years before I met my wife, I would eat McDonald's cookies and cupcakes, you know, drink soda pop, uh, you know, toxic uh, uh, coffee, uh, you know, just leading a very, very unhealthy lifestyle. And we've got a lot of catching up to do. So to answer your question is that, yeah, evidence-based supplements do work and they do work very well. Regarding vitamin D in particular, vitamin D can raise your numbers. So taking vitamin D supplements can raise your vitamin D levels, but it's not even near the same as getting it naturally from the sun. It's a different form of vitamin D. It's much more active than the Uh, store-bought vitamin D, and the sun does so many other things 
besides vitamin D production. So uh, listen, if you live in, in Minnesota, I've got people that come to see me from Seattle, Portland, Canada, Russia, Norway, and they're like, what do we do? We don't get sunshine. I'm like, well, eat the vitamin D rich foods, take a lot of vacations, move to a sunny climate. And if you can't do all of those, well, then that's where vitamin D supplements can can come into the equation. Um, you mentioned uh, oh, just I wanna, super quick. Uh, you had just said um, that fish was like the best food that we could eat. And then just now that like we kind of messed up our waters. So uh, what are your thoughts on like on, uh, you know, like mercury and all that stuff that we've been kind of hearing that we're, we're screwing up our ocean and therefore kind of messing up our food source? Well, there's no doubt that the planet is dis- is being destroyed. That's for sure. And we know that obviously you can just look out your window and see the pollution. You can look in the pollution of any major city and see that we're destroying the planet. Um, when I test people's levels for environmental toxins like uh, pesticides like glyphosate and DDA and atrazine, uh, when we test people's levels for, for plastics, when we test them for heavy metals, Again, a lot, a lot of people are coming back high. Now, I think in, the, in regards to seafood in particular, the benefits far outweigh the risks. And in seafood in general, I tell people to go for smaller fish, uh, anchovies, sardines. Wild salmon is a bigger fish, but again, it's very low on the toxin side. And uh, uh, shellfish as well. But, you know, once again, even if you eat that organic broccoli from California, the air is still polluting it, the water that they use, the soil that's used. That's why we just do the best we can to keep our bodies strong, to keep our detoxification system strong. So when we ingest some of these environmental pollutants and toxins, our liver produces something called glutathione, and the glutathione binds onto those toxins and you know, pushes them out the other end. That's what we try and do. It's just, we, it's about trying to do our best on a planet that frankly is being destroyed. So I want to ask you this because you mentioned something that I think may, uh, may trigger a lot of people for the past three days. I've stopped drinking coffee and caffeine just because like, I, I kind of noticed that I would focus a lot on my sleep and getting good sleep, but there'd be some days that I didn't. Right. And I'd drink some coffee and I'd feel amazing. I'd feel on top of the world. I can like crush everything. But what I don't like is how different it makes me feel like it's like, that's not really me. So that's why I've been just trying to cut it out. And you mentioned toxic coffee. So what exactly do you mean by that? Because so many people, when they're talking about caffeine and coffee, they'll cite a lot of studies that say it's great for you. What, so what exactly do you mean? So we can get an understanding there. Okay. So, um, first of all, coffee, coffee, and in particular, caffeine, to call it a drug maybe maybe kind of a stretch, but again, it is caffeine is a chemical compound that causes a lot of radical changes in our bodies. Some positive uh, and some negative. And to the individual, how they feel on caffeine, some people feel great. Some people feel lousy. Some people say, you know what, it's just something that I don't need because as you just said, it's not me. I just, I, I, I act differently on caffeine as much as I would act different on marijuana or I would uh, act different with alcohol. So 
in general, I think coffee is a great thing. And I think that because the literature tells us that in just about every study done that coffee in particular for the heart is fantastic for the heart. It lowers atrial fibrillation risk, lowers heart attack risk, improves heart attack recovery, uh, lower risk of congestive heart failure, hypertension. I mean, I can go on and on about the glories of coffee, but what I would tell people is that if you drink it, it's probably somewhere between two to four cups a day is that magical number for health benefits. And always make it organic because you get all the benefits of coffee, yet you get none of the poisons and the pesticides and contaminants that are in there. So I don't dissuade people to drink coffee. I don't necessarily tell people to start drinking coffee if they're not a coffee drinker. But I think the point you made is, is, is well taken is that um, coffee can make caffeine can really make people feel different. And if you don't like the way you feel on something, then yeah, you probably shouldn't, uh, shouldn't drink it. But if you do, please make it organic. Now, back in the day, I used to, you know, my, my father was a coffee drinker. I started you know, drinking coffee. It was those you know, big tins of, of Hills Brothers and Folgers and Maxwell House. And then in medical school, it was always just drinking some kind of sludge out of a styrofoam cup so I could stay up all night and see patients and do all the stuff that I was doing. It's, um, it's, that's a killer. It's, it, it's a killer. And if we drink the good stuff, then I think we'll get even more benefits than what's seen in the literature, which is pretty cool. Let's say we have some uh, older folks that are listening to this that uh, – that maybe they haven't been, you know, exercising a lot over the years. Maybe they haven't been, you know, really honing in on their health. Are there things they can start to do now to still help uh, boost their immune system? Can they start heading in the right direction? Sounds like obviously getting out and getting some sun would be a great idea. Some walking, some things of that nature, maybe could potentially uh, help them be less nervous about COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, great points, especially right now, you know, so it's like, you know, because people will come back at us and they're like, oh, I can't afford to eat organically. And I would always explain to them that they probably really can if we break it down. Um, but sunshine is free. Sleep is free. And that's great for anybody at any age to get outdoors, get the fresh air, go for a walk, roll up your, your shirt sleeves, take off your shirt, uh, wear shorts. Our skin is not just holding together a bag of bones. Our skin is a solar panel. And if you get that solar panel out in the sun, magic will happen. And yes, it boosts the immune system. It lowers blood pressure, lowers inflammation, oxidative stress. And getting outside in the sun means you're not inside watching CNN or Fox or whatever your thing is that you're watching that are just pure fear that are just driving pure fear into all of us the vast majority of people right i mean i mean unless you're a hospital worker you wouldn't even know that there was any threat of any virus you would just be good if, if you didn't watch television you would just be going about your daily business and just living your life and especially when you focus on health and wellness you're not worried about a virus our body contains hundreds of trillions of viruses and tens of trillions of bacteria. We need to live in harmony with these things. We're not gonna defeat nature. We don't wanna defeat nature. They coexist with us. They're symbiotic with us. 
and we need to embrace that. So yeah, whether whether you're young or whether you're you know older, getting outside is really the key. And um, you know, guys, I mean, listen, I've been very critical of the medical doctors, and again, when in in the emergency situation. I've got friends, I've got former colleagues, I've got family members that are there for emergencies, for emergencies, great. But for prevention, they really, really have nothing. And if you look at the people that are dying, whether it's of COVID or any other virus, the people that are dying are the people that are under the care of the medical doctors. The people that are dying are the people that see medical doctors. They take their pharmaceuticals, they do the studies that you know recommended, they have the surgeries. These are the people that are dying. And we know people that take ACE inhibitors, famous pharmaceutical for blood pressure, they're at higher risk of dying of viral pneumonia. People that take acid blockers, you know, for their stomach, for their reflux, much higher risk of dying from pneumonia. You look at people that are on psych meds, higher risk. People that take inhaled steroids, higher risk. People that take fever reducers like uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen, higher risk. It, again, it's the people that seek out the medical care. They're the ones that are getting sick. Those of us that see natural doctors, read natural health information, practice a healthy lifestyle, this is nothing, man. Our immune system has been built for this over hundreds of millions of years. You mentioned the immune system multiple times, and I'm wondering, I know obviously you're going you're gonna to mention our lifestyle, sleep, getting sunlight, all diet, um, but what other things do you think people can do to help their immune system out? I mean, obviously everything that you've mentioned so far would be massive if people just did those things, right? But is there anything else that you think most people don't have added to their life right now? Well, I think, you know, I mean, listen, from a, from a sunshine standpoint, there's, uh, and this is, you know, when I, when I did a presentation and we had, uh, I think about 3,000 people signed up for my presentation that I did called Bulletproof Your Immune System. And one of the first slides I showed was how medical doctors like this Dr. Nina Shapiro, MD, she's a television personality, and she says on Twitter, you cannot boost your immune system. And then now a guy like me comes in and I'm doing my PowerPoint presentation all online for everybody to see. And I'm just showing study after study after study after study of how you boost your immune system. And whether it's vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, uh, whether it's a quality silver, probiotics, omega-3 fish oil, uh, 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 berberine, oregano oil, um, uh, caprylic acid. I mean, again, you start just going down the list of all these different therapies and remedies and things to support your immune system, to boost your immune system, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's all right there. But again, you're just not going to hear this from the medical community because they're goal, either understood or not because of the matrix that they live in, their goal is to wait for the vaccine, study the pharmaceuticals, ready to go to war with the virus. You know, it's a war against cancer. It's a war against heart disease. Uh, again, it's, there, there, there's so much of a better way. And I think the, the people are waking up to this. I think from, you know, shows like yours and, and everybody else that's kind of stepping into this as well. And I've got so many great 
medical colleagues that are embracing this. And people are waking up to this fact. This isn't like the 1970s where you go to see your medical doctor and they're like, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Now it's like, wait a second, I heard some negative things about aspirin and I'm going online and doing my research. And it turns out that when people are critical of, you know, Dr. Google or these, or these, uh, you know, Google, you know, moms, you know, uh, the reality is, is that we're pulling all the information from the medical references and it's all right there it says that once again we we don't learn that in medical school from day one it's all about prescribing pharmaceuticals identifying what somebody's problem is and then what is the pharmaceutical test or surgery to deal with that complaint and it's wrong do you feel uh, that this quarantine has been helpful no, I don't. No, not at all. I think it's been a nightmare. I think it's been a nightmare on, on so many different levels. Uh, I think if there is a, you know, a virus that's out there that we should all be infected with, the, with you know, with the virus, provided it's not man-made. If, it, if it's man-made, if it's geoengineered or something like that, 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 that's obviously a different conversation. But let's just say there really is a virus. Let's say that it's natural. Then we should all be infected by it uh, and then move on. And, and that's what really what herd immunity is about. But they didn't do that. What they did was prove that they can lock down the world. They proved that they can shut everything down. They proved that they can put 50 million Americans out of work. They proved that they can cripple the economy. They've proved that they can keep us locked down and quarantined and indoors. They proved that they can divide us. Like if you're walking through a store right now and you're not wearing a mask, you are a pariah. You're you're like the devil in these people's eyes. And I did a I did a post actually. I put that up onto our webpage yesterday about five different studies that show. I'm sorry, six different studies that show that masks are totally useless, and in the case of cloth masks, actually increase your chances of getting sick. So. Uh, the quarantine was a horrible idea. As I mentioned before, if you're unemployed, 500%, I'm sorry, 500% uh, higher risk of committing suicide, unemployed at 280% risk of cardiovascular uh, death. The United Nations said if there is a global recession, hundreds of millions of children will die. The United Nations said that. Hmm. What happens when you are staying at home, when you're a... Uh, I mean, when you're staying at home, you're with your children, you're not working, you're upset about not working, you're drinking more alcohol, you're at home. Childhood, child abuse right now is absolutely exponentially spiking. The quarantine was the worst idea from the worst people in the history of the world. What about the bodies? You know, what about people, you know, talking about the uh, medical system being, you know, overwhelmed and things like that? Are, are you a believer in that? Is that something, is that a true thing? Or do you think the medical community could have perhaps just pulled together better and uh, maybe uh, been able to handle the amount of people that got sick from coronavirus? Well, I mean, I think that's that that's the company line as far as why they shut everything down. Now, you know, did they shut it all down because of a mandatory vaccine agenda, control agenda, financial agenda, you know, crashing, you know, Trump or the US, United States? I mean, that's all possible. But as far as taking it on the surface for what they said they were doing it for, 
what, what they did was, was that, you know, by shutting down the hospitals for elective procedures, you left a lot of these medical doctors and medical personnel now furloughed, they're, they're unemployed. So if you took all those people and directed them all into the care of the acutely ill, well, you would have been able to handle it a lot more. Uh, in addition, if, you know, once again, if, 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 if the rhetoric going forward is about how do we keep people healthy by keeping people off of pharmaceuticals, out of the hands of medical doctors, so the next time this comes around, and it will come around again, either this same virus or they'll trot out measles or it'll be bird flu or swine flu, uh, another SARS, uh, you know, Ebola, Zika, they keep putting stuff, you know, that's out there. There's always going to be something that's, that's coming out. There's always going to be another not lockdown that's happening. They'll probably lock us down again in October. And now we're all experienced at it. It's not going to be a big deal. Let's lock everybody down. Instead, what they should have done is told people, okay, if you are older, if you have these other risk factors, if you have a history of significant cardiovascular disease, if you've got lung disease, if you're older, if you're obese, if you're diabetic, which is frankly a lot of people, right? Stay home. Go ahead and stay home. But what about the rest of us? Why can't the rest of us go about living our lives? So this whole thing about overburdening the health system. And then finally, right, they were all clamoring for ventilators. We need more ventilators, ventilators. We don't need more ventilators because if you have a viral pneumonia in this situation and you wind up on a ventilator, 80 plus percent chance you're going to die. And that's what Italy did. Italy said, we don't have enough ventilators. So if you meet this certain set of criteria, you're going to die. It's horrible when people die, but the people that are dying are sick elderly people. And I do not mean to demean and, and, and the importance of older elderly people. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is you're supposedly doing this to save elderly people, yet what you are doing is you're killing millions of children, 50 million people possibly unemployed and impacted by this, how are they supposed to feed their families? How are they supposed to pay their rent? The downstream effects of this will be just you know, monumental. And the government understands that. So they're just trying to, of course, print more money and giving everybody $1,200, which at the end of the day will be useless. And they're giving their, their friends, uh, you know, like a, you know, Ruth Chris, and Shake Shack and all these big corporations are giving them bailouts and they'll bail out the airlines and stuff like that. I mean, they should be given bailouts because the government caused all this. So they should get, they, I guess they have to do something. Otherwise, all these people are more unemployed. But again, it's just like, let this thing run through the American public. It would have been over already. A lot, we all would have gotten it. We'll be immune for life. Some people would have died and we move on. I don't know how else to say that. Have you heard any numbers about approximately how many people have had or have uh, the coronavirus? I know that they, you know, the number they have out there of people that have been tested and confirmed is like a million, but I've heard, you know, it could be upwards of, you know, 40 to 50 million people that have already had it anyway. Yeah. We've done antibody testing in our office. We're fine finding a lot of people that had no symptoms, people that just like they want to get tested. They never had any symptoms or maybe they had some mild flu-like symptoms or even more significant back in January and February. And a lot of those people test positive for corona uh, antibodies. And th this is well known is that there are 
there are an estimated, estimated number of people that died. And this, this could be true for any flu season or any coronavirus or whatever. There's an estimated number of people that died, an estimated number of people that had it, uh, estimated number of people you know, that get tested. And then by a factor of five to 10 times, the number of people tested are, are actually the numbers that have it. So when the CDC says on a flu season, 40 to 60 million people had the flu and 40 to 60,000 people died, those are again just estimates. And according to Fauci himself, in an article he co-authored in the New England Journal of Medicine, Fauci himself said that the number of people that have had corona are much, much, much more likely than what is being reported. So it's just a virus, guys. It's just a benign virus like any other virus that unfortunately does kill people. But the vast majority of us, again, uh, will be fine, will be stronger because of it. And uh, don't want to sit around in fear until they trot out an, an, another unproven vaccine. Guys, if they come out with a vaccine in 12 months, how will they have? Be, how will, will they be able to prove that it was safe? How will they be able to tell us? We looked at this vaccine and we studied it for five years, for 10 years, and after 10 years, it looks like it was totally safe. It will be totally unproven, and it'll be mandatory, and you'll be microchipped and you can't leave your home without it. That's what's happening. Uh, we've had some guests on recently that, I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on this about like hospitals and doctors changing death certificates to kind of uh, pad the stats of coronavirus. Um, do you have any insights or thoughts on that? Yeah, of course. I mean, essentially what's happening, and this happens in the flu season as well, is that it's called you know, flu-related uh, death. So somebody comes in with a, a heart attack and again, they could test that person, uh, you know, to see, or somebody dies from cardiac disease. They could test that person to see if they've got influenza antibodies. They could not test that person, and they could just put it into the billing statistics. So, does a hospital get paid more when, in, you know, for the more diagnoses? The answer is yes. Uh, and, and therefore, hospital employees and administration have those stats all the time. What's happening right now where hospitals are getting reimbursed for, for COVID-19? Uh, I, I can't speak to that. I have not researched that in particular, but I certainly think that it is a strong possibility that if hospitals show that they are more impacted by COVID, they're going to get paid more. And these hospitals are all... Either they're profit hospitals for profits that actually make a profit and pay everybody uh, out of status. So, yeah, I, I think, um, I, I think you know, once again, I've talked to friends, you know, in the hospitals as well. And I think we're seeing a lot of this, you know, that somebody comes in for, you know, for a complication from cancer or heart disease or autoimmune disease, and they're labeled as, as a COVID, uh, as a COVID uh, issue as well. What have you been uh, doing for exercise as of late? Oh, what have I been doing? Oh, man, I live in a spectacular area in Colorado. So I've been mountain biking with my 13-year-old, my 8-year-old. Yesterday, my 2-year-old strapped to my back and uh, went out there with, uh, with my wife and my two boys. So the five of us went out there. We're doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of mountain biking, a lot of hiking, a lot of just going for family walks. 
Uh, it's getting nice enough for, for kayaking and stand-up paddle boarding. We just got done with the ski season here, and uh, I'm certainly out there. And then just around the house, you know, just kind of family things. And uh, I, I tend to be a big believer in the – uh, again, uh, more of the Paleolithic exercises, so kind of along that CrossFit mentality of, of, of you know, lifting up weights like our Paleo ancestors, you know, they would uh, you know, pick up a boulder and move it over there. They would fight and wrestle with each other. So people that do martial arts, uh, you know, combat sports, I think that's great. Uh, again, I mean, it's all about... It's all about doing something that's fun, preferably outdoors. It's not about going on the treadmill for 45 minutes while you're watching, you know, CNN or Fox in this electromagnetic field bomb that you're in indoors, artificial lights with all the chemicals and all the sprays and all the poisons. Um, it, it's 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 horrible. Just get outside and at the very least, just go outside for a walk. I mean, 10 minute walk, a 15 minute walk, just it's it's so 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 important and to think about these these cities you know i mean why is new york so impacted uh, a lot of different factors and we haven't even touched on emf and 5g and stuff like that but um again i mean like no one's leaving their house they're, they're on lockdown they're inside they're afraid to go out they're told they can't go out vitamin d levels are plummeting the brain disease is exploding immune dysfunction is exploding and, and the answer is, is to, is to get outdoors. Uh, it's, it's just, it's so simple, but it's like, no one talks about it on television, that fraud, you know, Chris Cuomo sitting in his basement and, and all these people that, uh, you know, and that mayor, you know, you know, New York, the Blasio or, you know, whatever. And he's telling everybody to stay outside and they got footage of him. He drives to Brooklyn and he's out there walking in the park. And, and, and again, I try, I don't watch any of it. I, I get little, little bits, you know, that I see, or maybe I see on social media. I listen to you guys and other people that you've interviewed, you know, some of this stuff. And right. I mean, it's, it, it's just so astounding uh, what, what we're seeing. And it's just the average American sheep that just don't pay attention to this. It's just, uh, uh, it's, it's horrible. So, all right, doctor, you brought up 5g. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, give us, uh, give us your thoughts on 5g. Well, I mean, listen, you know, the, the, the body is electrical, right? I mean, we are, we are all electricity is what we are. When you do an EEG, you're measuring brain electricity. When you do an EKG of the heart, you're measuring cardiac electricity. When you do an EMG of the muscles, it's the muscle uh, uh, electricity. So why would people think that sitting on your cell phone, you know, you know, like this, you know, here, or putting it up on your chest right here above your heart. Why would you think that's not going to impact the electrical system of the heart and of the brain? So once we start getting into more and more of these extremes of EMF, which is really all around us, I mean, to an infinite level, right? I mean, you know, if, if we, if, if the four of us, you know, we're just in, uh, you know, we were out camping and this was, uh, you know, 300 years ago, and we're camping, we're down by the river, we're catching some fish, we're having, we're, we're having a good time living our lives. Between us, there was, there was nothing except for air, you know, energy from the sun, energy from the earth, 
cosmic energy from the stars. That's all there was. Now there is an infinite amount of radio frequencies amongst all of us from Wi-Fi and cell towers and cell phones and satellites that are sending stuff. I mean, your telephone, high tension wires. I mean, it's, it's endless the amount of electromagnetic frequencies that are now around us. And then now you put in 5G and the literature is showing again how 5G impacts the cardiovascular system. And as did 4G and 3G and 2G and 1G. Again, whenever you place non-native electromagnetic fields, man-made electromagnetic fields near a human, you will see bad results. And again, the way the heart works, it's all electrical. The way the heart muscles depolarize, it relies on currents and energy of calcium and sodium and potassium and magnesium. These are all impacted by EMF. That's probably and, been the best uh, explanation of like how this 5G stuff can affect us. So thank you for all of that. Um, when it, you know, you just said 1G, 2G, 3G, like it all affected us. Have we just built up like a tolerance for 4G right now? Well, I mean, as far as like a tolerance, I mean, once again, there's so much sickness around us. There's so many, so much immune system damage. There's so much cardiovascular disease. There's so much cancer. There's so many brain-based diseases and mental health issues going on right now. So as far as building up a tolerance, we're not building up a tolerance, we're losing. Now, there may be some amongst us that are a little impervious to it. It's like people smoke cigarettes for four years and guess what, they didn't get cancer. So clearly there is some genetic mechanism and some genetic basis where we, where some people are protected, but eventually these environmental pollutants and toxins will overcome everybody's genetics to be able to deal with this. And um, at that point, the planet will probably be empty. It'll be empty of life. Thank you so much for your time. We uh, really appreciate it. You've uh, helped uh, clear up a lot of great stuff and you had a different perspective than uh, we've had on the show uh, before, although it went along some of the same lines as some of the other people that we've had. Uh, appreciate it. Where can people find out more information about you? Where can people find your books? Oh, cool. Um, well, listen, any, anybody who wants a copy of my book, they can go to a website called freeheartbook.com freeheartbook.com. My book is available available for free. Uh, Amazon bestseller. You can buy it from Amazon if you want for full price. You want to pay me shipping and handling $4.95. I'll send you a copy of the book for free, free heart book. And, um, and that's it. Listen, you know, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a conventionally trained cardiologist and my love and passion is for cardiology. But as you all know, once you start learning the truth about cardiovascular disease, well, as you help people from a truth-based natural standpoint of cardiovascular, well, you realize that those same truths and natural things will help prevent cancer and will help prevent diabetes and prevent brain diseases and help with infertility. So again, it's, um, you know, as medical doctors, we tend to be really good at kind of pigeonholing people into diseases, but if we all become doctors of cause, the world would be a much better place. So thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Yes, thank you. you. Sick. I think Enzima's mic just turned off. 
Oh, no. Uh, one thing that uh, the doctor, he, he didn't mention uh, during our show, but he has mentioned before, uh, he doesn't think it should be called health care. He thinks it should be called sick care mm. because, uh, you know, it's, and that's something I've talked about before where I think we're dying longer rather than living longer. Um, you know, I, I hope that I hope that uh, what we have going on helps change things for the better, but there's some uh, scary turns that it sounds like uh, things could head in some weird directions. I mean, putting a chip into everybody, making things mandatory. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would just, I, I guess if they snuck stuff in without us knowing it, then, um, you know, then that would just be the way it is. But I would imagine that if we are, yeah, like if we know this much, I don't know how we know it anymore because there's so much crap out there. Uh, but if we know this, then I think there would be like a war, which is scary, a scary thought as well. But it seems like something worth fighting over. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. When he said about like the microchipping stuff that that did scare the shit out of me. And I'd imagine if they were to they right, whoever they are uh, to slip it into something and not tell us somebody would create like some form of a, uh, like a scanner, like a, a home kit scanner to be like, Hey, are you microchipped? And like, shit, I don't know. Let me check. And then order this, uh, self scanning kit to find out. And you know, that, that, what a shitty way to find out that way. Right. And yeah. the vac the vaccine stuff too is crazy. Like the, um, like getting the vaccine shots when you're like a little baby and you get like for like 17 different things or whatever, whatever the number is, I don't know what the number is, but like it's a lot, whatever that number is, it's, it's a lot of different stuff. And I think for some of it sounds kind of logical, but, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it sounds, it's, it sounds, uh, it sounds a little, a little crazy. And then what he said about, the coronavirus, if there's a vaccine for that, like how much studying are we going to have on that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to take that, man. Like for the long, for, for the past few weeks, I've been thinking, there's about no that. way if I they, would do it. If they, yeah. If they come out with it, like, I don't, I don't need it. You know, if I get it, I'm healthy, I'm young. I'm, I just want to get it, get it out of my system and, and go about my way. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the other, or the, um, I don't know the stuff that we've been hearing. Like, if you want to go back to work, you want to go back to school, you want to be able to go to the grocery store, Yo. you need to be able to sh show proof that you got the vaccination or whatever. And then so they'll be like, you don't have to get it. I'm sorry, and I don't really know what I believe, but like that's kind of the thought is like you you don't have to get it, but just know that you're not going to be able to do you know the same things you were you're used to doing. Yeah, it's uh I I think some people would say, "Oh, you know, I want to be around my parents or whatever, so I'll get the vaccine." But the, the truth the, the truth is is like um it, it's it's almost like a, like trying to protect yourself against another driver. Like you just don't have control over it. I don't have control over whether the guy on the street uh drank a bunch before he got in his car and we're not going to have control. We're not going to really know, you know, who took what you know, who got a vaccine, who didn't. So even if you were well-meaning and got a vaccine um, and also too, like we, will we know like how effective the vaccines will actually really be? Um, that's, that's another factor. Like, is it going to really, uh, really truly protect you the way that it is supposed to, or the way that it needs to. But um, 
like if if everyone you know doesn't have to get it right <laughs> which which i'm hoping is the case um then there's still going to pe- people you can't prevent people from dying you know you can't prevent people from dying and i think that's the main thing that we're dealing with here and i i again i think when people look back at this quarantine i think most people will probably say yeah it made sense to like pause stuff for a few minutes and to reevaluate but anything beyond that was just us uh sitting on our asses <laughs> for no for no reason really yeah you guys see all the protests going on this weekend yeah it's about to get violent any minute now it's going to like it's just the longer that it sits you know the longer that you know the the cops are grabbing a hold of people and stuff and things are starting to get weird so it's it's about to turn real real ugly uh, not that i want that to happen but that's just the it's writings like, on the wall yeah it's almost inevitable right yeah if it keeps if it continues to go on like this i think it will i think people are it hasn't been that long, you know, it really hasn't been that long still, but like if it goes on another month, another two months, like people will start to kind of lose their mind. I mean, this is not great for people's mental health. On another note out here in Bodega Bay, they opened up the golf courses. They opened up the beaches and they said, screw it. And they just went with it. That's awesome. And uh, we're going to be doing the same thing at super training and that slingshot we're going to be open opening things up at uh so anyway yes <laughs> oh man yes okay <laughs> yeah why not right <laughs> oh thank you Whew. thank you very yeah. much yeah more more on that soon i think mm-hmm. uh, andy will let you guys know sometime this week and we'll tell you how to proceed from there but uh yeah you know it's just um I was I was watching yesterday as they were like getting all these golf carts ready and stuff and uh all these older people were circling around the golf carts and stuff and everyone's just got these big old smiles on their faces like these people out here that's what they love to do they love to go out outside they love to go on walks um I'm seeing some people with some masks and stuff when I'm walking um but the older folks that are here uh I'm not getting any weird looks. You know, I'm out there running, I'm breathing hard, you know, I'm wearing a weight vest like they might look at me cuz I'm wearing a weight vest, but <laughs> they're not giving me like uh you know, I've heard other people feeling like they're getting judged, you know, cuz they're not wearing a mask and stuff like that. The people here are vibrant enough, they move around enough, they exercise enough, they're healthy enough. They're out there golfing, they're out there exercising and so they're not they ain't scared i don't think i think they got that immune boost that uh dr wolfson was talking about you know through the sun and and through just years of uh exercising and staying ahead of it he legit just told people to move like not 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 move as in physically like walk around like just move to a different state i was just like damn like like there's no other options other than taking supplements or moving i mean yeah getting outside and getting some sun is good but california is expensive (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah the taxes and stuff yeah it's killer yeah i feel like uh the more people we interview the the i don't know the more uh I don't know. It, 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 he was he was not saying it wasn't like a uh, a hoax or it wasn't this, it wasn't that. But he also was saying like, hey, we need to get out. You know, like the, you, I think you can have both. You can believe that like we are overhyping it, but you can also believe like, yeah, this will mess you up if you have these underlying issues. And I think, you know, he explained the 5G thing perfect. Well, not perfectly, but better than I've been able to, you know, th- better than it's been explained. So I think, uh, you know, as we keep chipping away, we're, we're finding 
more and better answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially from that cardiologist's point of view, the whole like how the heart, all everything in your system is like, I guess, utilizing electricity, which is the way he explained it made a lot of sense, which was good because everyone else that's talked about it up until this point, it, it's, it sounded really, really, really bad. And it's not like he didn't make it sound really bad, but it doesn't sound as horrible. Yeah, and they they made it sound like like magic, like black magic, you know, like oh you yes. hit, you hit this switch and we're all gonna get cancer. We're like, well, but why? And then he's like, well, because you already have that inside you, you just it's gonna fuck it all up. <laughs> well, and it could be it could be as dangerous as having like a refinery or something. It could be as dangerous as having uh, you know, some of these big factories that we have. Like it it so it's it is dangerous but like how dangerous is it like uh having these um you know large places that these garbage dumps that like burn garbage and things like that i mean um i think any logical person can say yes that's dangerous even if it's like way over there it's still going to impact me over here even if it's mm. a couple states over or it doesn't matter where you do it how you do it doesn't matter if you try to bury it doesn't matter if you try to burn it um you know, at, a, at like a garbage dump, they literally just like shuffle stuff around a lot. They just like move shit back and forth. Yeah, stuff they can light on fire. They light, they light on fire. Um, they do bury stuff. They dump dirt and rocks and stuff on top of things, and um, it doesn't get rid of it, right? It doesn't. Uh, and I think most people, you know, from a logical perspective, can say, yeah, I think that has a negative, a negative impact. And I think five G and any of the technologies, and I think it's, I think it's kind of just a logical conclusion like uh could looking at a tv screen you know be negative for your eyes yeah i think if you do too much of it yeah it can be negative and is any amount of it negative maybe maybe even a small amount of it is negative but but how much like how much would we tolerate like i don't think you would find a lot of people that wouldn't want to ever watch tv you wouldn't find a lot of people that would never want to use a cell phone you wouldn't find a lot of people like even if I gave you the choice, like, let's say I'm like, okay, you can, you can live to 110. Okay. And you could be perfectly 100% healthy or you can live with a lot of the technologies that everybody else has, but you're going to live to 85. Like, you know, you know what I mean? You get to kind of, if you could pick, I mean, what, what would you pick? I mean, imagine being deprived of everything else that everyone, let's just say that if you just didn't, partake in it at all that it would protect you from it you know <clears throat> these are all things that you know you'd have to uh you would have to consider because it doesn't seem like it would be that fun i i like seeing memes <laughs> 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 i like having you guys send me funny weird wacky stuff every <laughs> once in a while you know like it's 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 fun being part of the you know it's um it's media right but it's different than regular media because it's social media you know yeah. and it, it's nice to be a part of it that comparison you made was uh, like made a lot of sense. Like these blue light blocking glasses to block the blue light from my phone screen and my iPhone because it affects my sleep. I thought like, that was so you saw everyone as being black. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what the hell? I thought I thought that made my skin darker. No, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you have a little bit of a yellow tint, but like no. I'm you, trying to be Nigerian over here. I mean, you no. did tell me how to do it, but I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's just a few injections away, but seriously, yeah, like we're we're taking precautions on modern technology already. So why is it so far fetched to think that there's going to be a danger, a slight danger with this too? It's not. It's really not that out there. It's not. Yeah, I'm curious. 
like you know i asked him about like building tolerance for like the, the 4g right now like are, are we ever going to evolve to where we can handle some of these like weird things like we joked around about it uh, like a, a while ago about like will humans ever adapt to being able to like eat mcdonald's every day and still be healthy like will our systems just all of a sudden you know yeah like are we gonna all look like in SEMA <laughs> if we okay. eat big macs every day uh will that kind of the same thing like will our eyes all of a sudden just be able to handle blue light all day long and still go to sleep yeah i you know i don't I don't really, I don't really know. I, I think, I think the only way you can evolve is if it's an advantage um, that is necessary to survive. Right. I think that's so like if it, if it continued to get hotter because of like climate change or something like that, um, you know, and it, it got, I don't know, just say one degree hotter every couple years or whatever um would we be able to live in an environment that's like 140 degrees mm-hmm. <laughs> like right now if it was 140 degrees out all the time like it, i don't know if we that might be too hot you know mm-hmm. i don't know uh but maybe over time maybe we would adapt to it i think if it's for survival purposes if it's for purposes of uh <laughs> if it's for purposes of uh you know passing on your genes then then maybe so, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's not for that, then I don't, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you, you get to do that. So like, there's really no, there's no reason to, a, to evolve to like eat Doritos, you know, <laughs> yeah. as much as, as much as we like them. Um, but you can, you can, uh, eat as much junk as you want and try to get your body used to it, but it would just, I don't think it would ever get used to it because it's not, it's not in your body's best interest. It's not part of survival. Mm-hmm. I don't believe do you guys remember there being any like clamor and scare over 2g 3g or 4g like do you, i don't remember anyone i don't remember seeing articles about the dangers of 4g so as a know. so as a kid um you know i remember my mom like uh not wanting me to change the channels on the tv too fast you know she said it's like not the flickering's not good for like your eyes mm-hmm. you know like so, I mean, I think that uh, anytime there's been any new, uh, anytime there's ever been any new technology of any kind, I think people always have some concerns about it. But I don't think in the way that they do about this, 5, 5G is like kind of unprecedented, the way that people talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if like that it's still a thing, but I remember when my sister was pregnant, she was like saying that she couldn't stand next to the microwave while it was running. Or something people like talk about the microwave yeah. all the time yet it has it like emits something and that you shouldn't stand in front of the microwave mm-hmm. while it's going yeah yeah and that's i don't think ron penna would agree with that <laughs> he would say stand in front of the microwave as much as you possibly can and drink diet coke <laughs> <laughs> and smoke a cigarette every 17 days <laughs> yep man yeah i don't know when it comes to like the evolving thing you know i was thinking when they click on 5g and you know the, the the weaker people that can't handle it start to fade off and then those that can't handle it start making babies and now those babies live in a world where 5g is everywhere but it doesn't affect them because they have two parents that it didn't bother them at all i i don't know if, like again obviously people are screaming at the at their phones or whatever right now like dude this guy's an idiot but like that's just kind of what where that thought comes from you know like i got you you know survival of the fittest 
And just now the fittest people just happen to be able to survive in a world where there's 5G. I saw that uh, Elon Musk, he changed his uh, profile. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys oh, see this? No. De- to- De- Deus Ex? Deus Ex? Yeah, this, to this. Oh, mm-hmm. Deus Ex Machina? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's did he like say a, why he did that? Well, it just, he didn't say why he did it, but they just speculated because it's about like a... I think it's about a virus, like taking. A, it's a video game, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's about like a virus taking over or something like that, right? Yeah, I, I haven't played it. From what I understand, uh, you basically like uh, you're just an awesome whistleblower, I think, and you like uncover that the government's behind the virus, and so you go and you try to overthrow everything, and so he changed his uh, his profile picture to the cover. I feel like he's trolling everyone, but might, he might be serious. He just seems like a massive genius troll. Yeah, he's, you know? de- he's yeah, he's he's a genius. This ID twenty twenty thing's fucking me in the head, though. To be perfectly honest, because I went to their website, <laughs> and if man, if like legit, like it ends up being a little chip that they want to put into you, and they're saying you can't do stuff without it. Oh God, like peace out. Um, like. <laughs> Yeah, there, I can't. A, I can't do that. There's another something that a lot I, of people would. A lot of people would like if it's like mandated, right? A lot of people would probably try to move and and go to like weird spots where you're like off the grid or something, right? That and there would just be massive protests. I don't think they can get away with something like that. Like, there's too many people who are like a chip in me. Nah, bro, take this gun. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, yeah. The only way they would be able to do it is if they somehow tricked you into it or you just didn't know you know but i don't mm-hmm. know i don't know how they who knows how they'll try to do that yeah there's there's something that's on the horizon that i just we just need to find somebody who knows a lot more about it but it's a a patent on a cryptocurrency system that's currently owned by microsoft um and the the odd thing about it is it's w zero two zero or sorry w o two zero two zero Zero six zero six zero six. Ah, damn it! I exactly no. Uh, I I'll send you guys a link, but it's uh some scary shit because it, it again it's a cryptocurrency using uh body like activated system or like it's fuck it's it's a chip and it's has to do with cryptocurrency and it's currently owned by Microsoft that they have a patent for it and it's. Mark of the Beast 666. Dude, did you ever watch those like uh, Left Behind movies as a kid? They fucked me up. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Okay, no. these Christian movies about like the rapture. Oh, those movies. are the, the Mark of the Beast. Oof. The Mark oh, of the Beast yeah, is like those. this thing you have to get injected and it's a chip. And right now that's all coming back. And I just, ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, sounds terrifying. That sounds wild. Yeah. I had a, uh, a a fan uh, reach out to me a while back, and uh, his name is uh, Corwin, and he's from Canada, and he uh, he got sick. He had a um, well, he didn't get sick. He had a he had a heart attack, and uh, it kind of hit him out of nowhere. I mean, he was you know he admittedly he was overweight and stuff like that too, but it just kind of hit him out of nowhere, and he like shot me a message on ig and he was like i don't know what to do and i'm like well neither do i because i'm <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know how to do open heart surgery you know but uh anyway i just said hey you know um you know follow you know talk talk to your doctor make sure you know stuff that you're 
about to try or do is safe and just encouraged him to walk. But he sent me a message today and he said uh, he's been walking every day and he's down 28 pounds. And this is only in, this isn't a pretty short period of time. This is from April. Yeah, this is this it was the first message that he sent me. Yeah, it was from the beginning of April. So he's down 28 pounds. I mean, he made he made some uh, big changes to his nutrition, obviously, um, and he's been walking a lot. And uh, Andrew and I, before he popped on here and Seema, we were talking about, you know, how you, you it's not a life sentence on you know. Uh, who you are, who you were, who you thought you were. And, uh, you, you know, you get to choose, you get to pick, you can, you can change, uh, from whatever it is you are now, um, into being able to do whatever you want to do, you know? So shout out to Corwin. Good job, man. 28 pounds. That's, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, no, a lot like in the serious thing that I put on IG, um, one of the big things there was just moving more. And then a lot of people, like I got a few messages from a few people who were just like, Oh, I just started moving a little bit more. I just started standing a little bit more, taking a few steps. I've broke through my fat loss plateau. Like it's really simple things like that. It's not that you have to do a crazy amount more exercise. You could clean up your nutrition, but doing something like Corwin did where you just walk more, that'll make a big old difference. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Good job. Do 28 pounds. That's fuck. That's a lot. <laughs> Beast mode over there. Yeah. Jeez. Probably all just by taking, you know, small jabs here and there. Like in was just saying, like stand more, move more, maybe clean up one extra piece of your nutrition, just taking these small jabs, which will add up to, you know, a big knockout. You guys got some working out to do later today or did you hit it already? Nope. I still it's do. Six. <laughs> 60 pull-ups, 100 push-ups with the slingshot. I did that before we got on here. I'm going to do a few more pull-ups afterwards, but pull-ups have been getting better. It's been improving. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how do you break down those 60 pull-ups? You just do like six sets of 10? or, or I did, My first set was 15, then I did multiple sets of 10 until I got to 60. You so. could probably do 20 in a row or so. I can, but yeah. I'd be kind of yeah. tired after that 20. So, yeah. That's a good number. That's a lot of pull-ups. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's a good pull-up progression in Zima, like, if you want to get better? Uh, pull-ups, okay, pull-ups are, like, one of the hardest things for a lot of people to progress. If you can't do any pull-ups, the cool, the best idea would be to, like, get a small band, put it, like, you know, put it around the bar and then underneath your feet, and then maybe start with trying to maybe do 20 total reps broken into sets of three to five. Because some people legit, like some people have to start with three pull-ups. From there, the best idea is instead of increasing the amount of reps you're doing, as in per set, increase the total amounts of pull-ups you're doing. So do 30 total pull-ups, sets of five. 40 total pull-ups, sets of five. And then when you're able to do 40 total pull-ups at sets of five, you could probably move yourself to sets of eight to 10 and still aim for 40 pull-ups. And then from there, move up to 50, 60, then slowly increase the amount of reps you do per set and then move on from there. But instead of, if you're new, you don't want to try and bump out like five or seven pull-ups. You want to do three or four, but do a lot of them, 20, 22, 23. That'd be how you progress them. Yeah. And something I found uh, helpful for me with pull-ups is to just do like one rep in between other things, you know, maybe do two reps, like whatever reps you can handle that are clean, um, 
that uh, that feel good where you don't have to cheat, you don't have to swing any parts of your body around to do it. Um, you can also kind of jump into your pull-ups depending on how high the thing is, but you can kind of get a, I do this sometimes with dips as well, especially to get the first couple dips going. I can do dips just fine. Um, but the first like rep or two kind of hurts my elbow, hurts my shoulder, takes me a second to get set on it. So I'll kind of, I'll kind of jump into them. Um, something else that might be useful is to uh, work on the lowering portion of your pull-up. Like, let's just say you can't do any pull-ups. We'll start up high, you know, and start, start yourself uh, in a like chin-up position and see if you can lower yourself for about a four count and then go stay with your arms extended and hold yourself there for an extra three or four count. It's still going to improve the size of your back. I mean, that's part of why we're doing this, right? You're doing it to help increase your grip, help increase your forearm, your biceps and your back. And so if you can get that eccentric portion in there, which most people skip on that, most people, when they're doing their pull-ups, they, they get a little shy with that portion and they get a little shy with that part or they, or they fall into the bottom position, but really try to make yourself go through the worst part, which you'll kind of find is as you go to extend your arms, it feels like they're going to get ripped out of your, <laughs> you know, ripped right off your body. So, you know, go through that portion of it, um, the, the best that you can, but as Nseem is pointing out, high, high amount of sets and uh, low amount of reps if you stink at them. And then uh, you can eventually, you know, flip that around where you're doing higher reps and lower sets. Cool. Yep, yep. All right. We got another podcast a little bit later on today, too, right? Yep, yep. Yes, we do. Two a days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Quarantine doubles. Uh, still still keeping at it. All right, folks. So thank you for checking out today's episode. Uh, thank you, Perfect Keto, for sponsoring this episode. For more information on that, please check the uh, podcast show notes and YouTube or Facebook description. Please follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My IG is at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, where are you at? Add and see yang on Instagram and YouTube. Add and see yin yang on TikTok and Twitter. Mark, appreciate uh, Doctor Wolfson coming on the podcast today. That was outstanding. Great information. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. Catch y'all later. <laughs> what is it, Ensima? He looked like Billy Bob Thornton. That's what he looked like. <laughs> I was like, I was in my head. I was like, who the fuck? He looks so familiar. It was Billy Bob Thornton. Not bad. bad. Okay. That's all. Yeah. He's yeah. handsome. All right. We're out of here. Peace. All right. Later. Power Project crew. Thank you again for checking out today's episode. Apologies if you guys are a little paranoid like us. However, some of these conversations are, you know, we have to have them. So that way, you know, we can keep in, uh, keep, keep our eyes open to things when they, uh, they approach us. But real quick, we just wanted to give a huge shout out and thank you to one of our listeners that dropped us a rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, shout out to Sassy Valley. Uh, Sassy says every podcast every day. Quote, fantastic podcast. I've been listening for nearly three years and the Power Project just keeps getting better. I've turned all my friends into avid listeners. Thank you for that. My friends and I have daily conversations about the show. The Power Project crew is a great mix of personalities, uh, awesome variety of guests, great insight, and I learn something every time I listen. Keep, keep it up, crew. You have a listener for life. 
man, that is so amazing to hear. We are so grateful and honored uh, that you would leave us that review. That means so much to me or to us. Well, definitely me too, but it means so much for the podcast and uh, it really helps the podcast. It helps iTunes know that like, hey, people give a damn. So Sassy, thank you so much. Uh, if you listen right now, if you'd like to hear your name right on air, please head over to iTunes right now. Drop us a rating and a review and you could hear your name on air just like our friend Sassy Valley. Catch you guys on the next one. Peace.